Hello, welcome back to Journeys of Christ. This is Lawrence and uh, Matt. Um, we will be talking about Jesus Christ for our theme today. Um, some of the things that I wanted to, to, to touch on is about his birth, because there is a lot to to learn um, from his birth. Because in Luke 1, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, um, I'm going to read it. And it says, And in these six months the the angel gabriel was sent from god unto the city of of galilee named nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was joseph of the house of david and the virgin's name was mary and the angel uh came in unto her and said hail thou that art highly favored the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and when she saw him she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutations this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive the womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, and who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy will, or according to thy word. And the angel did, uh, angel departed from her. Um, what I liked about that is that Jesus is, is hasn't been born yet, but in that scripture, um, it talked about how that Jesus kingdom will have no end and to think about it um there is so much i would say pressure i would say if i were jesus there is this this mantle that is that is heavy and it's not like it's something like i don't know how to explain it. i think just having that heavy mantle the expectation that the whole world is depending on you is um is a big mantle to carry and i think like just talking about his birth is that he came into this world so that he can liberate us and he he has already done that he's uh, paid um uh, that price and since he's paid that price we can only receive that forgiveness through jesus christ um so my thoughts are is that through um, Jesus Christ, we've received a a blessing of where we don't have to feel like we we have to be perfect right away. Like the world doesn't depend on us to be perfect. Like that that burden, that heavy burden, has been lifted from us. Like we, it's okay for us to make mistakes, and we we can make those mistakes because of Jesus Christ and. He's provided a, a path for us to, to, you know, to come unto him 
and receive that forgiveness so we can live with our families um, and uh, to live with him and, and Heavenly Father again. But it's kind of adding to your point about him being perfect, right? I mean, you can still feel anxious and be perfect or feel angry and be perfect. And Christ showed like time and time again that you can feel all the emotions but still be human and do like, the right thing. Because a lot of times I call this just like the character of Christ because a lot of times we as humans are very inward. We want to be like self, we want to like self preserve ourselves. We want to get the most like power, friendships, money, all that stuff. Whereas Christ more about other people, about serving them. I think about Christ. He's gone through at the atonement. You know, he's bleeding from every pore. He has all of these people like watching him. His disciples felt like asleep when he asked them like three times to stay awake for him. And after all of that, Peter grabs this like sword or like a little dagger and stabs someone's ear and he takes the time to heal them. Like if I were Christ at that moment, I don't care. Like sounds kind of harsh, but if you've gone through all this pain already for like, the whole human race, it's all like infinite. Your focus is probably on yourself on like making it breathing. Like, am I like, okay right now? But how crazy that even after all that depth of pain, he still focuses on you and me, on how we're doing. And that simple pattern of having him like caring for us is shown that the whole life scriptures. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there that uh, Jesus Christ uh, went through so much and like how um, he, he cared for everybody, even when he, you know, Peter cut off the, the, the Roman soldier's ear. Um, but I, I think, when I think of when you were saying about all the pain and suffering and thinking about us as well um, brought me to the idea of where there is a, a point where Jesus Christ realized, you know, this isn't fun. This is like really hard to do. Like in the scripture, um, I don't remember where in the scriptures, but there it's in the Bible and I believe it's closer to the end of the chapters. Um, it talks about how Jesus Christ prays to God and say, and he says, like, Father, you know, if it be thine will, wilt, or in the lungs, like, if it be thy will, take this cup from me. Like, this is, this is overbearing. This is overwhelming. Um, I'm taking the sins of all the world upon me. You know, I'm paying for that price, even though I, I'm perfect and I, um, I haven't sinned. I'm perfect. I'm cleaning it. And to think about that, yeah, he he understands that this life is difficult. It even shows that he, he is human and he, he is going through anguish. Um, there's even a scripture, I believe it's John uh, 14. I I that really quick. Yeah. He's almost more human than you and me because I mean by that, like, if we went through like his, his amount of pain, we would just like, just like died instantly, right? But he almost took our human self and then added even more pain. Because to be able to bleed from every pore, you've died several times past that point. But he was able to feel all of our like, emotions and how we feel. And there's like, some sort of quotes that Christ could have like intellectually gotten it, you know? I don't think he actually had to like be here physically, but he chose to do that. So when you say, hey, I feel X, Y, and Z, he actually knows how it feels because he went through the exact same thing. And to your point, it's not a, a sin to question or to feel anxious or stressed. 
It's more about once you fill those things, what do you do after that point, like towards God and all that? Yeah. So, on on that note, I I think what what Jesus Christ really did is just um, he prayed, and then after that, he he received strength. God he blessed him with strength, just because, um, you know that's that's a lot to carry. Because um, there was a scripture in D and C. Uh, 19 verses verses I believe 20 it's uh, 18 through 20 it says which so I'll go back one it's verse 17 um, actually 15 therefore I command you to repent repent least I smite you by the rod of my mouth by the mouth by my by uh by my out of my mouth and by my wrath, and by my anger and your suffering shall be sore. How sore you know not, how exquisite you know not. Yea, how hard to bear you know not. For behold, I God have suffered these things and for all, they that that they might not suffer if they would repent. But if they would not repent, they must suffer even as I, which the suffering caused myself even God the greatest of all, to bleed or to tremble. Uh to uh, tremble because of pain and to bleed at every pore and to suffer both body and spirit and with that I might not sh drink the bitter cup and shrink. Nevertheless, glory to be the, the Father and I partook and finished my uh, preparations unto the children of men. Wherefore, I command you again to repent. Least I, humble, least I humble you with my almighty power and that you confess your sins. Least you suffer the, these punishments of which I have spoken of which in the smallest, yea, even in the latest degree, you have tasted at the time I withdrew my spirit. Um, in that scripture, it talks about how God, you know, he bled from every pore and he felt this anguish. And so when we don't repent, he's saying we will suffer a great, you know, a great suffering because he knows how heavy that burden is. But to go back, I don't remember the, the, the chapter of the scripture, but it's in John, I believe. Um, and it talked about how Jesus wept. And this is about Nazareth and how, uh, or Lazarus, sorry. Lazarus, how he died. And the thing is, he knew that he couldn't, he knew that he had to wait. Instead of, because uh, Mary asked him, Mary Magdalene, Magdalene, asked Jesus to come because Nazareth was sick. And he says, um, and they were into a weeping because they, uh, Mary and um, G Jesus and her and his friends were weeping. And she said, like, if, if Jesus were, were here, I knew you, you could heal, heal him. Um, but later on, he, he didn't come until he was dead for at least three days, I believe, or three days and a half. And he came into the tomb and he, well, he cried, and then he came into the tomb, and he he raised he rose him from the dead, and the miracle was is that he can do he can do anything. That's the thing he that's the principle that he was trying to teach the people he was with and around about that, no matter how hard or difficult the situation you in, Jesus Christ can overcome anything, whether it be be death, and you know it may feel like. Death is, 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 is a hard thing, especially for, for everybody, especially losing, losing uh, friends, loved ones, uh, family. I think adding to that, 
show like his character too because I mean he knew like he's not dead that like, I can heal him this is easy he could have been like hey guys chill out I've got this but he instead realized okay how, how do they feel currently and if I were them how would I feel and he like brought him, himself down to kind of where they were at like understanding wise like emotionally wise because he didn't have to cry he could have been like I got this but I think when we're able to almost like Christ be where people are at because you can be as helpful as you want but if you can't understand them like emotionally then you, you got kind of nowhere then I like to for this like scripture about the whole like atonement how Christ isn't just some like therapist because any therapist can just ask you like, questions and be like well how do you feel about this but he actually felt all of our pain and then you mentioned this before he says of pain you have no like understanding it, 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 what was it what was the exact phrase it was like of pain you don't know like the like depth of it so what it was it's um the scripture hold on let me get to it the, the scripture was uh, right here it says it's in verse 15 and he's telling them to repent so it says therefore i command you um I co therefore i command you to repent Repent, least I smite you by the rod of my mouth, and by my wrath, and by my anger, and your sufferings be sore, and your sufferings be sore, how sore you know not, how exquisite you know not, yea, how hard to bear you know not, for behold, I, God, have suffered these things for all, that they might suffer if they would repent, but if they would not repent, they must suffer even as I, which suffering caused myself, even God, the greatest of all, to, trem uh, to tremble, because of pain and to bleed at every pore and to suffer both body and spirit and would that I might not drink the bitter cup and shrink. Okay. So I like how he says almost like three times, you know not. And let's say you have like anxiety, right? And let's say for that, it's at like a tier two. Like you feel anxious sometimes, but God like understands like tier 10 of that. Like for everything you can think of, every problem or temptation or anything he has like the top tier possible and he understands how to like break it down for us because it's one one thing to kind of know like the ins and outs of it but to actually know how to actually sucker somebody because in alma 7 it uses the phrase he knows how to so like this isn't some like puzzle like he's done this over and over again so he knows for any problem you have how to help you get through it and because he also knows us from the prayer of life, he knows personalized to you, like your personality and all that, how to like best suit you in that way. So I think if we're talking about Christ's life and all that, he's the perfect savior. Like savior is such a, like a broad term, but a savior meaning that he saves our whole souls and our like bodies from just everything. Yeah. I actually really like that you mentioned uh, Alma chapter seven. Um, there's a, a verse in there that talks about how he partook uh, our infirmities and sicknesses. It was something that he didn't have to, but he chose to because he wanted to know how to succor his people. One thing I had too, it's one thing to go through something and another thing to get through that thing. Because you know some people, they might feel, let's say someone does like drugs, right? And they feel like the effects from like cocaine or something. It, it, it's one thing to feel that pain, but it's one thing also to feel all that pain Go through it and then get over it. And Christ is also like triumphant. For every trial you can think of, 
he's gone over it. Because who would want to trust some guy who just got like addicted to drugs and couldn't stop, right? But you're talking to the person who knows how it feels, but also knows how to then get like over all of it. So I think in that way, it's more like real to us and it's like tangible for how we can get like, get like over things in our lives. Yeah, I really like that how like you really personalized Jesus Christ to how like he really knows your pain and your, your suffering. And uh, I, I want to like really personalize him a little bit more. I something as I was reading, it was in Matthew or Mark. Or let me pull it up real quick. It's, it's tax really, collector Matthew. It's, it's actually Matthew. Yeah, Ch- yes, sir. Ch- <laughs> Get those monies. There you go. Get it's the in, dough. In the book of Matthew, chapter thirteen, verses fifty-five and fifty-six, it talks about that Jesus has a family. Um, um I don't know how many people know this. Um, but it says, is not this carpenter's son, is not this the carpenter's son, is not his mother called Mary, and his brethren, James, Hoseas, Hoseas, yeah, and Hoseas, and Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Once then has this man all these things. And I, I really believe that, um, because he was uh, talking to, I believe, some um, Pharisees, I believe. Um, I could be wrong. But he, he's talking to these people, and these Pharisees or these Sadducees, uh, they were surprised. Like, when did he have these, you know, this family? Because he had uh, three brothers, James, Jose, and Simon, and Judas. So he had four brothers. And that's something that I didn't know. I don't know if he was the oldest or if he was the youngest or the middle. I do, and then he has sisters. They didn't give his names or her her names, um, but I didn't know that Jesus Christ had a, had like you know he had brothers and sisters, so like he would know, you know that you know siblings siblings and their rivalries and stuff like that. They he would know that you know siblings can you know, you know, having a relationship with our siblings can be difficult at times. So he would know, you know, all about like family life because. As a as growing up as a kid, I always thought Jesus Christ was just a, a, a an only child kind of only child. So it changes my perspective on like who he is, and it, I feel like that really personalized him as uh, as Jesus Christ and as my savior as well. Well, so you're that kind of translate there because they were saying is not this so and so son and all mm-hmm. this like they're really saying this is Joe's son, bro. Like he's a carpenter. Like really. Like, you think Christ, God of all gods, like, he comes from, like, this, like, rich family that everybody knows, but it's, like, it's, like, a very low-income family that's really making it by. It really shows his, this, like, humility, I think, to come from that kind of background. And I think it wasn't it James, his brother, who wrote the James scripture, the James book, and like the Bible? I, I honestly... Or is that his, like, apostle? I, I don't honestly know. I, I would honestly say it would probably be his apostle. And that's the, another thought that I had. I don't know if all of his brothers followed him. Because, you know, they have agency too. So they, they probably didn't, be, honestly. They, they probably this. thought, that's like my brother. Like, he's cool and all, but he's not the savior of the world. Yeah, they, you may not see him as a, as a as the savior of the world. Because there is a scripture that talked about um, how a prophet... Uh, 
is only uh, uh, I'm trying to think what it said. It says a prophet uh, is not without glory ex or without honor except within his own country uh, and his own home. Oh. So it's saying that's like so like so it makes sense that like he you know he wasn't considered a prophet or you know he's considered his brother and so maybe I don't know how um I don't know what past they took it didn't say in the scriptures like what past uh the brothers of Jesus Christ or even her sister their sister or his sisters um took so it's interesting to, to think about like what kind of paths did they take did they did some of them follow Jesus Christ did you know did they all or you know did none of them it's it's a it's a good uh I don't know good thought to think about just because we know that Jesus Christ as a family so just like us we have families and so we can like have a better connection to our savior knowing that hey he knows that families can be from difficult maybe there's your brother's annoying you or your sister is like yeah he probably he, he probably he felt that you know that experience you know where he probably you know there was you know frustration in the house because things things happen you know i also think maybe for mary and joseph they didn't really know like, what does it mean to raise, like, Jesus? Because, you know, when he went to, like, the whole temple, he's, like, teaching the people and all that? Mm -hmm. I'm probably thinking, this kid's kind of bad. Like, just left the whole household, didn't tell us where he was going. But, like, you look at the character of Jesus Christ, he's not, like, a people pleaser. Like, I would describe Christ as kind, but not nice. Mm -hmm. Meaning, that he loves you, like, enough to kind of break through... Um, different boundaries, barriers, even like the Pharisees, that like they're telling him, hey, you can't be eating the corn stalks on Sunday. He's like, well, I'm, I'm hungry, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think to that point, Christ understood the idea, like the higher law of like the principle. And sometimes we're very like role-based in the church, but he focuses more on like our character of who we were becoming and all that way. So I'd probably say that of just like, there's time, for example, like the whole temple thing where he had his little whip and he's, like, getting after them, you'd think, that's not very nice. When he calls Peter, he says, get get the head, Satan. Mm -hmm. And I think, that's kind of harsh. Like, why is he doing all this? But I, I think that, that, that the whole, like, scripture about, like, dads out there, how they, like, like uh, chastise you, right? Mm -hmm. And think about it. God's, like, the ultimate dad. He is your heavenly father. And so if Christ is like him, they, they both love you, like, enough to kind of like rally you up a little bit because there's like lots of scriptures where it says you only hear like the loud thunderings like my small voice doesn't work anymore like i have to do like a lot more to shake you up and because they love us so much you're going to shake us up and almost be almost hated in the way because they love you like enough to do that for you so yeah yeah i get that so you're saying like it's jesus christ is a person who's willing to to show you tough love because i feel like Love is not all fluff. Um, because if you really think it about in like any relationship, there is, you know, there is those moments where you have those hard conversations. And I feel like that's what you you were saying. You, you saw that, you know, through example of Peter, you know, you know, get the hate, uh, hence, you know, from, uh, from me, Satan, you know. And when he, I don't remember what he, what he said. Um, well, Christ was saying, I'm going to die. And Peter was like, no, you're not. We'll, like, save you. We'll, like, fight for you. Oh, yeah. That's and right. he was saying, no, it's, like, like the prophecy, you know? Yeah, so, because it had to be done. And so, 
I feel like that's what you're seeing is, is, his, is, is his love. And I feel like a lot of people think love is just, just pure... Um, I think it's the absence. I feel people think it's the absence of, of toughness. Because there is a, an aspect where you have to, um, you know, be bold, but, but loving. Um, there's going to be times where you are in conversations where it's... It's not the, it's not the most comfortable, but you, you have to talk about it. You have to um, experience it, but it helps the relationship to become so much more uh, close and more united. It, it, like for example, like for example, if, you, if a, a couple is married, they, there's there's you know discussions they have, and there's you know the, there's we call the term like fighting. Hopefully, it's actually not like yelling, but it's like they're. They're trying to like overcome whatever challenge they're they're trying to overcome, but there there are moments in in a couple's life they they talk over their their challenges, but that's love, you know. They're trying to figure their their relationship out. There's struggles that um, that they're trying to still overcome, and you know, best to learn how to help each other still. So I feel like what you're saying is that you know Jesus Christ is a person who is absolutely okay to show you tough love. Well, for your analogy, if you've been married, right, to somebody, if you actually love that person, you want them to change, right? Because if you see, because I think love is kind of a sense, you see this person who they could be. Like, despite all their weaknesses and their flaws, you see at the ultimate version of, of them, right? So you're helping them get to that place. Same place for God. He sees, like, your ultimate, like, who you could actually be. And the problem most people say, well, if God actually was like a loving person, why would he allow this earthquake to happen? And why would he allow this fire my child died? Like if he actually was loving God, he would have saved them, right? Mm -hmm. The problem with that is if he saved everybody, that's just Satan's plan then. He's, there, there's no love there because real love allows you to grow. And if we had to like really like define terms here for like, what does love even mean? I would say love is how much you sacrifice for somebody. And so you can say all day you want that you love somebody, but if you don't actually sacrifice your time or like anything else for that person, then you don't actually love them at all, right? So by Christ doing things for us, that shows tangibly his love for us in that way. Yeah, I think, for example, like when you were saying that, I feel that, love is like for example when you say if he could save everybody right and that would be like satan's plan right i feel like that right there is the the opposite of agency because the whole point is that we we have agency here in this life um if we if god stopped us to doing every bad thing that was possible out there he wouldn't be God because he already, he already, he already established this plan with us. Like you guys are going to choose agency and there's a cost. There's a cost to agency. So people believe that, you know, agency is free, uh, free agency, but really there is no free agency. It's, there's a cost, you know, there's, you know, there's death, there's illness, there, you know, uh, people that take advantage of each other. There's, you know, there's a lot of cost of, of agency. There's a lot of good things that come from agency. And I, I feel like in this world, God wants us to know how to use our agency, you know, in the right way. And we can only do that through Jesus Christ and, 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 and Heavenly Father. 
and the plan he has given us. And so if we were going to, you know, really put it down is that, you know, God absolutely loves us and they, he is sacrificing a lot because he's saying, I know that you, all of you won't return to me because, you know, you have agency, but I love you. I hope all of you do come back to me, but it's all in your hands. You know, you have to, you have to seek me. You have to choose me. So like what you're saying, there, there is sacrifice that, um, that has to be made. Yeah. And this is kind of like a little bit of a tangent. Like a big, like, like Star Wars guy, right? My, and my boy, Anakin here, where he's like Padawan, like, like Ahsoka, right? And like the little TV show they did, he, he, he's like training her like constantly, right? And then his trainer's like, bro, she's got it. Like she's going to, like the whole like drones are like, wait, hold on, words. She's being trained. There's drones after her constantly. She's got it. But then Anna Kim was always constantly like, no, she, she can do more and more. And at the time it was like, he's being way too hard on her. Like he's kind of chill off. Like she's got it. But like an actual war, like there's so much crap that you can't always plan for. And the more training you have, the more practice you have, then you're gonna make it. And I think if this is like some like massive war and God was like training us to like get out there, if we only did like small like practice drills and like, you know, a little sword fighting, it's kind of cute and flinging back and forth. That's cool and all for like the fake world. But once you get out there for like, the actual war, you're gonna end up die. And like a God of love actually cares about you. He, he's going to be very hard on you. So that way, when, when you're actually out there in the world and you have like always temptations and things going after you, you've been trained so well that you can fight those things and then lead other people to then serve God too. Because I kind of think your capacity to lead other people spiritually is kind of capped off for where you are spiritually. Like I can't tell you, Lawrence, like, hey, do X, Y, and Z if I myself aren't doing those things, right? Mm -hmm. Then it'll come across like fake and all that. So I think Christ is the ultimate leader because he did this stuff. It's one thing to tell your disciples, hey, like, don't do this. It's like that common phrase of like, do as I say, not as I do. Or wait. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a common phrase that people will say, do as I I say, not as I do. Christ doesn't ever say that ever. He always says, do as, as I do. That's why we follow him because he's the ultimate leader in like doing the right thing for himself too. Like he didn't have to get baptized, but he still chose to because he wants us to follow that example for ourselves and our lives. Yeah, I, I like that because I, I had another thought like how Jesus Christ and how I feel like he is a a beacon of light where he helps us to understand like he knows who we can become and and um he knows our, our raw potential, potential, like he knows, I believe he has that, um, that insight. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I believe that, you know, I, I honestly, would you say that, I think as, as Jesus growing up, would you say that he would have that knowledge or do you think he would have that after he was resurrected? Well, for some scripture, he had grew up from like his understanding. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what, what that exactly means, like how much he knew as like a kid. I'm sure he grew fast from other people, obviously. Like, he knew by probably 12 years old that he was, like, the like Messiah and all that. But I'm not sure how much he actually knew, knew from, like, his life and all that. I, I really think he, he knew a good amount um, when he, as he was growing. Uh, he saw him talking to people. Yeah. Doing work. But I definitely agree with you what you're saying there. 
Um, but I, I want to share a quote. Uh, it's by Mel Robbins, and I, I really think this really uh, uh, reflects... I'm going to read it to you before I give more competition. There will always be someone who can't see your worth. Don't let it be you. And that's by Mel Robbins. And I, I feel like Jesus Christ was that person where he saw you and your worth. And even though people may not see it in themselves, he spent the time to, you know, to, to, to talk to sinners um, who, are, who are in pubs and stuff like that. And, you know, who were, who were adulterous and stuff like that. He, he spent time with, you know, the sinners. And he explained that to the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and um, that, you know, a doctor, um, you see the doctor because you're sick. And so he was saying, you know, he, he is that doctor. He, he's going to go seek out uh, those um, that are sick, that, that have sin, which is all of us. And he's saying, you know, he, he didn't call, he's not there to call out to righteous, but to call um, the sinners unto repentance. He says that in the scriptures. In uh, somewhere in the Bible, I wish I had that um, ready for you guys. But I, I feel like Jesus already knows our worth. And I feel like that's important because there's many times in our lives where we, we fall short and there's just been multiple times in my life where I felt, I felt lost and I didn't know who I am. And so I, I, there's been times where I pray to God and I didn't really understand who I was until much later. It was a process. It wasn't like I prayed and then I got the answer and I knew who I was. It was a, a journey for me to understand who I am and even now I'm still learning who I am and I feel like we all have to take that journey um, together but just on on different roads we, you know we all go through um, different experiences in our lives I agree but adding to that you, you can only grow so much with like your own knowledge like for example for like Lawrence you've only been alive for X amount of years right and that's great and all, but God's known you for like your whole life, like pre-earth and all that. So he knows more about like who you actually are, like your potential and all that. But a little side note, I want you to imagine Lawrence, it's 2 a.m., you're sleeping in your room, and someone like, someone like knocks on like your room door. And you're asking for like help, right? You probably would, would feel a little bit like, bro, it's 2 a.m., like you couldn't call me some other time, right? I'm saying like analogy, Christ had been, been, been doing miracles all day long, right? He's tired, and he, he climbs all the way up to this huge like mountain, and he's and he's, and he's praying to God. I just like imagine at this point, he he he's tired physically, spiritually, mentally, and he thinks, okay, I can now pray to God. And then these multitudes follow him up the mountain, and they ask him to to bless their kids and other people that are either lame or blind and that kind of stuff. And Christ still blesses them. I think it's easy to be a, a disciple of Christ when like you're feeling great, you have like your rest and all that, but Christ really shows that at all times, his, his, his first like priority was having other people be blessed and not only him. And just that same principle that the character of Christ is always very outward and not inward for like what he wants from like life and all that. Yeah, I, I really like that, that analogy um, because in all essential, I, I, in all reality, like if you had a neighbor or a friend, would you do that? Like, would you 
be okay? Or would you even do that? Would you help that person if they come knocking at your door at 2 a.m. in the morning? It's like, hey, like, you know, I need, you know, I, I just, you know, I lost my job. I need help or whatever it be, the circumstances they, they face, you know, it's like, hey, like, you know, I need a place to stay for just, uh, you know, however long. I, or, you know, I, I'm hungry. Will you feed me? Or, you know, whatever the circumstance, how, are you willing to be helping out your, your loved one or your friend? And I feel like most, I don't know, I'll say most people would. Um, but strangers, though, is different. Strangers yeah. you don't even know that well. It's, it's like some DM from Facebook, you know? Like, you don't know these people. There's out there. Yeah, so it's it, it's definitely a different when a stranger comments because you know people have these um, I say these preset judgments because um, we all have our preset judgments where uh, we look at a person and because there's been either experience or you you've been taught uh, about a you know a group of people and when you look at that person it's like oh you already have that that those feelings because you were taught. And sometimes we have to unlearn those feelings um, so we can help them, um, whether, you know, whatever that group be or that person be, whether they be a group or an individual, it's important to, to love everybody because in all reality, we all are strangers. Like, your friends are all strangers, but one day you became friends because either you, you decided to come talk to them because you thought they were cool or maybe, you know, they befriended you and it's like, hey, this is a really cool person. And so in all reality, if we just, you know, take the the moment to, to reach out and to love people and, and to help people, we're going to really see a big difference in, in our lives, but also in our community. I think a little segue, adding on to the whole love and like building people up, Christ was like the ultimate leader, I think. I think when you think about leadership, you think, I'm yet the guy in the top, people are following me. But true, if you break it down to like what you mean to lead people, it's building them up to then help serve more people. And I think about like the fishers, or not fishers, like the fish and the loaves of bread. Christ could have been like, I got you guys. Snap the fingers, fish for everybody, bread for days. Like he instead chose to ask them like, hey, what do you got? And then... He then took their bread and then multiplied it from that point. When if you think about it, he didn't have to, have to do any of that. He could have just been like, I got you. But by using their faith and their bread and their works, he's almost able to add to it. I think in the same way, Christ takes our little, little small portion, our little faith kind of sprinkled in there, and he kind of adds to it. And kind of the same way to kind of add to this, what was I thinking? And that thought is gone so you were you're talking Splash. about how like jesus christ will take our efforts and um so pretty much he was asking he's like what do you have for for me and he's like you know what i don't have much but i have two loaves and, and three fishes or two fishes and three loaves and um and he made a miracle out of that it's like it's like in our lives it's like if you have little effort and even if it's just be the smallest even if you have a lot of effort whatever effort you whatever you got he's willing to work with He's like, hey, I'm gonna make a miracle for you, just because you, you this is what you're willing to give me, and I, I'm gonna make it, you know, to bless other people's lives. And that that yes. boy that gave his his two fishes and the, and the lo- and the three loaves of bread, um, to all that five thousand people. He's like, this is what I have. And you think about it, that boy probably worked for that. He, yeah. he probably worked really hard for that. That's probably maybe 
his family's food. He's like, hey, uh, this, I, I went fishing and I caught three fish. It's for for my family. I worked hard to like, you know, and I, I you know, whatever money I made, I went to buy, you know, fish. Or maybe his mom gave him money to go to the market to you know to get the fish and bread. And he, and he was there, um, overhearing like there there's, there's need of help. And the boy's like, I know I don't have much, but this is this is what I got. And he's willing to get, share, you know, what he has. I mean, we don't know the story behind the boy. Um, yeah. We always think, I'll help God win. Like, once I have 10,000 fish, then I'll help God out. But God's only asking you for, like, right now. Like, help a guy out, like, right now. Like, if you got 10 fishes, okay, let's use that. I think we always think that faith is like this, once I'm perfect, then faith kind of, like, kicks in. But faith is like always taking what you give God and like adding to it a little bit. And my thought came back to me. And the idea was for every miracle that Christ ever did, it was always according to their faith. He wasn't ever like, okay, cool. Like it was always like, do you like believe in me? And if God was for or Christ was for like the whole fame, then his, his goal would have been like popularity, healing everybody. His main goal was getting like believers. Because if you want to build some, some somebody up, you take their faith and you add to it. And in this case, if they believe mm-hmm. in him to start with, he builds that up and says, okay, that faith will, will, will turn to like not being blind anymore, for example. And I think for mm-hmm. our lives, just thinking about, okay, what can we bring to the table for Christ? Even if it's like a very small, meager uh, skill sets or faith or whatever you've got, bring it to him and allow him to add it, you know, for you, multiply that. Because unless we, we do that, there, there's no real faith there. And I guess adding to that, there's some like some mistakes there because like the whole like fishes and the bread, if they were to give it to Christ, he could have been like, okay, that's all I got. <laughs> like done, miracle completed. But there's some risk there. You have to give God like yourself and your vulnerabilities and like where you're at and then trust in his ability to lift, lift you up and, like your skill sets and all that. That's true. Just kind of like going back on your comment of the, the fish uh, and the loaves of bread and the fish is that they, the, the miracle wasn't immediate. Like he, he, he broke the bread into like baskets and stuff like that and then he prayed and then the miracle happened. Like, it wasn't, like, instantaneously, and I feel like that's what you're saying here is that there's a, a, a risk that that we have to give, or that I should say there's that trust we have to give to God um, so that he can perform that miracle because there are moments where, like, this is all I got, but you have to be willing to give it up, and that's the whole point of the risk is that you're willing to give it up, and God's going to bless you or, and give you something more from it. And so, mm-hmm. it's okay if that miracle doesn't happen right away. Because there's times, you know, miracles happen much later. It just, it, not every miracle is instantaneous, you know? Because, to your point, right there, like the whole like, fish isn't bread. We always think, like, instant splat, flip your fingers, and it was all there. What if it was like 10 hours? What if Christ was like, okay, next bread, next, next. But it's still like a miracle, right? And in our lives, if Christ takes 10 years, it's the same thing, right? 10 years or at the same day. 
if Christ multiplies your efforts, that's, that's, that's like a huge like, miracle for our, our lives. So yeah, definitely time is like, not a huge, huge thing for that. Words. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's absolutely what I was getting at. Just that, you know, there's, there's no really time limit um, on the miracle. There shouldn't be, uh, this is something I've heard before. Um, God isn't is a, uh, a, a cosmic, and Jesus is, is not a cosmic uh, vending machine. It's like, all right, put my effort, I put my coins in there, now I want my blessing, and you keep pushing the button. It's like, why is, why is nothing coming, you know? It's just because it's, it's, it's in God's timing, he will provide that, that miracle for you. So just remember that, you know, God's a real person, and so is Jesus Christ, the real people. And so having that expectation of, like, I did what you asked me to do, and so why isn't my blessing here, you know? I, I did everything else. Sometimes you just have to wait, you know? It's, the time is not right. It's, you know, in God's timing, He will deliver you. He will bless you. He will give you that strength. Um, he will fulfill His promises. Um, something else that I wanted to go over with about Jesus Christ. Uh, it's something that I, I really liked. Is, um, it's in, uh, let's see, let me find it. It's... So it talks about how Jesus Christ is, um, it's in Moses, uh, chapter 1, verse 31, 33. It says, And behold, the glory of the Lord was upon Moses, so that Moses stood in the presence of God, talked with him face to face, and the Lord God said unto Moses, For my own purpose have I made these things. Here is wisdom, and it remaineth in me. And by the word of my power have I created them, which is my only begotten son, or my only begotten son, who is full of grace and truth. The worlds without number have I created, and I also created them for my own purpose. And by the, the son I created them, which is my only begotten. And I... Because if you read, pay attention to verse 3, it says, And the worlds without number have I created, and I created them for my own purpose. And by the son I created them, which is my only... Uh, my only begotten, and it talks about how like how God allows you know Jesus Christ to create all these worlds and stuff like that, and it kind of says in this in this response it shows that you know Jesus Christ has has a lot of experience of you know of, of being you know of being a God because he he's, he's created he has created worlds, so he's created worlds before. He even got to Earth. To think about that, Dang. is not. I mean, if you really think about how crazy that is. Is that he he's he's done you know miraculous things. Like he's known he's known a lot of things. Like he knows more than I I do. Like I don't know how to create a world. And the thing is that, that I want to emphasize is that you know there's often times that we doubt we doubt that that either Jesus um, is our Redeemer, that He actually knows our problem, what are we going through, or we doubt that, can His power really save me? And I feel like there's times where we, we go to God and we pray for help, and sometimes we, we give up too soon. Let's say, for example, 
that the, the, the loaves and the bread, the, the fishes and the loaves of bread, let's say that boy had the, the, the bread, the, the, the three loaves of bread and, and two fishes. Let's say he had it ready, like he had it in his possession and he was about to offer it. But then again, he decided like, this is too little. I mean, I, I can't feed 5,000 people. And I feel like we as people, we, we doubt his, his power and also his mercy and love because there are times where we just have to be patient and in his love because he will bless us. He will bless us. And I feel like love in the perspective is that sometimes we all go through difficult um, situations and there are certain things that we need and God knows that. And so does Jesus Christ. And he shows our loves deeply and and how he shows it may not be the ex, ex, what you ex, were expecting or wanting. Because like I said, sometimes he will show us tough love. And maybe if we'd be going through a hard time, we'd not be expecting a tough love response. Um, but that's something we, we may need at that moment to help us become better people so that we can come closer to, to Jesus Christ and, and God. Um, so don't, don't lose hope. That's the whole point of, of, of our savior is that we, we remain, um, hopeful and we, you know, we hope we remain hopeful and believe in this power because it's, it, it's our faith that makes us whole. If you think about of all the miracles, it says that your faith has made you whole. Like people like from the, the woman, um, that, you know, had the issue of blood is like, you know, who had touched me? It's like, I, I touched you. I believe if I just touched the hem of your garment, um, I would be made whole. And, you know, Jesus Christ said, you, you, your faith has made you whole. And there is um, definitely a power in, in belief and in hope. So Jesus Christ will deliver us. So don't, don't, don't be too hasty in, in giving up in, or believing in our doubts, saying, you know, I went to the Lord and I got no deliverance. Um, it's tempting, though, to think that God's, like, broken, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I tried that, but, you know, it didn't work out for me. It's kind of like if you, if, if you call that same friend ten times in, like, in a row, and every time, nothing, nothing. You think, you know what? Screw that guy. Block him. Like, why call some, somebody over and over again when there's no, like, response ever? But then I think... Like your miracle talk, like what have you given God? If you have no fishes or bread to give God, what's He blessing? Like you have nothing to offer, like like like, like altar, you know. Mm. Plus, if you think about any miracle or anything that Christ has like given us, it was always through faith. It was always your faith has made you whole. And if you have no faith, what's Christ doing? Like, are you asking Christ to violate this whole plan just for you? Like, do you want Christ to be like, you know what, actually, Ten Commandments, the Prophets, the Bible, you know what, Matt, just for you, we're going to do a little squeeze of here, and we're going to get you all you want, you know, money and power and course. We, we think that God's going to change all these rules just for us, but in reality, it comes down to our faith of what we're trying to provide to Him. But He'll show us time and time again, it's not like, like an equation, it's not like, X equals Y. 
it's more of his mercy of like you give him X and he will take that and you'll see what happens. It could be 10 years, it could be a lifetime, but he will take what you've given him and like, so bless him that way. But I think to your point, we give God always like boundaries, like like a vending machine. Like I put like a quarter in here and you're gonna get me like these like blessings here, here, and here. It's almost like ordering God like around, but we kind of box God up in this little box and tell him, you can do this if you do it this way. But if you do like a blessing outside the box, that doesn't count. We have a lot of like, these don't count. Like how often does God save you from like being killed in like a car crash, but because you didn't know about it, that one doesn't count. And you have to actually see if like your own eyes start to then like register for like your blessing, like register like quota thing. And thank goodness that's not how things work because can you imagine there's like, a, like some sort of quotes like thank the Lord that all the things I, I asked for in prayer didn't happen because if, if, if it did happen, you wouldn't know anything really about the Lord, blessings, your character, how to grow, all that good stuff. I also like to, to point out as well is that uh, that when we have these, like, like you're saying, boundaries, I feel like, as well, I just wanted to point out is that, you know how, like you said, you about, like, I'm going to go back even further, you know how I talked about, like, if you call a friend, like, over and over and over again, and they don't answer, it's, it's different from if it's a loved one, you know, you, you should you should have a relationship with God, you know? just because like things are difficult in a relationship like just like when you get married um just because things are difficult you don't just give up it's like you know what i i tried and tried and tried i just i'm just gonna i'm gonna leave you know i mean i understand so there's there's a there's a fine line between you know there's you know if if you're in an, an unhealthy relationship with you know your spouse and and if it comes to that you need to uh take a you know a different course than that has to be but in all perspective, you know, love is, you know, something that you continually, you know, work for and continue to strive and continue to um, make sacrifice. And so we should be wanting to develop that relationship. We should be patient and in, in that relationship because like I said and Matt said, you know, that cosmic vending machine, it's, it's not, you know, God's not a thing. He's actually a real living being and he wants us to be happy and he wants us to have a relationship with him you know god doesn't like make us it's like you know what i'm just gonna make you eat. and it's okay if you see me as an object and you know but no he, he wants something more from us he wants us to, to see that we that we are his children and um and that he he has a plan for us and so you know jesus christ you know he made that that possible for us he he's he's gone above and beyond than any human human can go i think too i just thought for a while it was the idea of like if i follow god he'll get in the, in the whole like way like he'll stop my dreams and my aspirations and this and that but then i think where do these dreams come from like those like dreams you had since like you were like a small kid those all those, those, those all probably came from god like the ones where you wanted to be like an engineer or something else, like that didn't just come from nowhere. Like God almost puts always like ideas into you. And then you think, oh, that was my idea. We take credit for godly ideas that aren't even ours. 
But once we give back the credit to God, he, he can give us that power and grace to then accomplish all of these great goals that we have for our, our life. So I think it's putting, it's more like a check and balance. It's like just do like your thing and then put back God in his like rightful place, you know, as like your king. Yeah, I like that. There's this thought that that I, I want to tell you, and it's it's kind of like been like I have it and then I lose it and I have it and I lose it. Um, so let me see if I can share it with you guys. Um, so the whole thought of like Jesus Christ being, you know, the person who he is, and you know, and blessing our our lives. Jesus Christ is gonna help us along the path as we continue to turn to him. I mean, like we said earlier, it's we all have agency. So if we don't turn to him, uh, it's like, for example, if we have the expectation, it's like if I read my scriptures, uh, I'm going to get a new car, right? That's not how it actually works. Or if I get, if I, you know, pray, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, get married the in, in like in a month, you know, it, it, it's not how that works. It's, you know, you, you, you keep a commandment and God will bless you. You don't get to choose that blessing, but God will bless you with a blessing. And I feel like many people uh, put in their minds where it's like, well, if I keep the commandment, I get to choose my own terms. Like I get to choose my blessings and um, I want this and that. And they pick all the blessings they want. Um, but God has other blessings that he wants to give you instead. And so some people say, oh, I was cheated. I, 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 you know, I, I read the scriptures and I prayed and I go to church and I didn't get the blessing I wanted. And that's, you know, that's not how it works. You know, that's not how it works in a relationship. Uh, if you really think about it, you know, God, God loves you and he knows the what, what's best for you. So just know that, that this path of, of following Jesus Christ is, you know, it's, it's, it's the way and it's, you know, it's sometimes it's difficult and sometimes it's tough, but God will always pull, pull through for you. Yes, sir. Got rap rapperu here. That's a new word, rapperu. Um, I guess for the audience, the kind of question to ponder is what have you given God this past week, this past month? Like, like your bread and your fish is like, what are you giving on the altar towards God? So... Is that something to, to consider? Do you have anything you wanted to add to? Uh, to that, uh, I would anything. I I would just say also like, what are you afraid to give God? It's something to ponder about. What What are you honestly afraid to give God, and why are you afraid to give it? Um, because I I feel like there's a a lot of truth that you will find, and also you actually learn a lot more about yourself and your relationship with God. Because if there's something you're afraid to give, that means there's you'll know why. You know why, and uh, as you continue to think about that and ponder and pray about that you learn more about yourself and, and God and your relationship and hopefully you listen to the Holy Ghost and uh, act upon those promptings. I think adding to that we always think for this whole altar for God it's gotta be bread it's gotta be fishes but what if for your altar it's giving up this sin and I would just say that it's not like the same amount of like blessings towards you and I just think just give it up towards God he can take that sin and then like use his grace and his, his, his power but it's kind of like the thing about like in life we think 
if so-and-so knew this about me, they wouldn't be like my friend anymore. And we worry that if we give this to God and, you know, make it like a huge deal about it, God will be like, whoa, that's, that's a lot actually. Like, I, I thought you were just doing this. But as we trust God with like our full selves, the good and bad, he can take the bread, the fishes, the sins, and then take that and use his grace to really change us into who we're supposed to be. I will want to say one last comment is that thinking that what you're saying is that we can't live. Jesus Christ was tempted by Satan. It's in the, in the, the Bible. And it says, he says like, because he was saying, uh, why, why don't you say, he us like, you're, you're, you're the son of God. You, you know, you have all this power. Go ahead and jump from, he put him on the, t the, the this peak of this, this pinnacle of, of this building. He's like, jump off and you know, God will send his, one of his angels to save you. And he, he said, Jesus Christ said to, to rebuke Satan and he says, um, that we, we don't live by our, our, our daily bread. I mean, we don't live um, by our works alone. Um, there's a lot about faith and believing, and that's what he was trying to say, is that we, we get caught up in saying, like, we have to do all this work, but as well, we also have to do all this belief, you know, and, and having this faith and this hope. As much as, you know, you put your effort in, is great, but don't, forget to believe and hope because that's where your real fruits come from if you it's like for example if you pray to god and you don't believe he's going to answer your prayers then he's not going to answer your prayers and like that's like saying like i'm going to keep a hundred dollar bill in my pocket and i'm going to look at this tv but i know i'm not going to buy it and you know it's a hundred dollars it's like i'm just going to look at it i know i'm not going to buy it and you don't buy it. It's like, what's the point of you going down there and looking there knowing that you're not going to buy it? And it's the same thing as like, why would you go to God and not believe in Him saying like, you know what, God's not going to answer my prayers. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it anyways, but I'm going to, you know, you know, kind of see what happens. You just, you need to, you need to believe because that's where that, 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 that really fruits come through. Because if you think about the Pharisees, you know, um, he said, their, their lips are near me, but their hearts are far from me. There's a lot of things that they didn't believe um, that they're they're speaking. You know, they they had a lot of hypocrisy, hypocrisy, and um, and the thing is about it is that Jesus was saying that you need to have that faith. You, I mean, not just works alone. You need you need both. So, I mean, if you're struggling to develop a relationship, you know, kind of look at it. You know, is are you lacking in your belief? Are you lacking in your faith in Jesus Christ? Um, or are you, uh, you know, are you thinking about the works? Do you feel like you need to put more effort in reading your scriptures or in your prayers and, or whatever it be? So just, you know, think about that and, and see where that takes you and let the Holy Spirit uh, guide you so that you can, you know, um, have a, a beautiful, uh, so you can receive revelation and have a, a beautiful relationship with God. I think I it's like some cool I like heard from like one of the twelve from like fifty years ago, is that faith without works is dead, but works without faith is deader. So, new new tag phrase, you guys, deader. So, but yeah, I definitely agree. Put in that faith, put put in the effort, and watch God do His miracles before your eyes as you give Him yourselves and your life and everything. So, but we're gonna wrap up for today. Thank you guys for listening for like an hour now or something but yeah have a great week bye